bad. It doesn't matter how you feel, man. It's great. Genesis 31. Uh, it, it, all, what matters is the Lord. And getting to the place in your life somewhere where you let him have full control, that's the hardest thing in the world to let go of, let go of yourself. Uh, because we think we got it, man. Young people, I'm telling you what, you're, the problem you're going to face in life is you're going to look for a future, and there may or, not be, may or may not be one like you think it's going to be. Uh, it doesn't really matter. If you're, if you're the rich man or you're the beggar, it, either way you look at it, it doesn't matter if that's what the Lord wanted you to be. Uh, you ought to, it, it's getting to a place where you're just happy. I saw my brother Chris a few minutes ago. I'm just now, I think, at a point in my life where I'm stopping, man. I'm stopping everything. I'm not doing anything unless I know the Lord tells me what to do. Uh, I don't have time to mess up. I don't have time to correct the mess-ups that I make. Uh, I said last week about experience is the worst thing. Experience is of the devil, man. I tell you what, if you have to fail, 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 fail to realize you failed, then you wasted a lot of time in there trying to figure out what not to do. All you got to do is read your Bible, man. You got it. Uh, Genesis 31. We looked at the, that the other day last week, and and let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, I'm already excited about the Word of God. Uh, just the, simple, the simplicity, Lord, of this book is, is just an amazing thing to me. The more I read it, the more I see how simple it is. And, Lord, uh, the more I see how we fail you on a daily basis, each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, it, it started with Adam and Eve and continues on to this day. Lord, there's not a one of us that doesn't. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and Lord, uh, boy, I'm sure glad you came 2,000 years ago and opened the door for us. Uh, Lord, did something that no one could have ever done. And, Lord, uh, then you made a way for us to find that, and, uh, and you got a book in our hand. What a blessing that is today. Bless it now, this morning. Bless the Sunday morning service and the Sunday school and all the other classes around, Father. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's just a blessing, man. I was listening. I was reading Brother Castellaw's prayer letter, and, and <laughs> he's got a building that's just like ours falling apart. And uh, ours isn't quite falling apart anymore, but... Uh, as he was fixing it, somebody broke in and twice and stole his mixer and stole this and stole that. And, and uh, I'm like, brother, welcome to the club. I said, you know, if you're going to try to do something for God, even if you don't try, you know, those lost people lose stuff too. They get stuff stolen. Uh, so it just, it's part of life. Pray for the people who stole it. Go out and buy something different and, and uh, keep on going. He's got his wall, some of his walls up. But it was just funny. Uh, you, uh, we're always in a building project. Every day of your life, it's a building project. You're trying to build your life. You're trying to build something, and you're trying to get it to where it'll last for a little bit longer. But brother, uh, like Brother Chris and myself was talking a few minutes ago, if the Lord's not in it, it's a waste of your time. Uh, you need to get God into it. 32.10. Jacob, Jacob is, is now realizing, it, and actually, uh, verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. I'll read verse 1 down through 10, or 13. 13. And he heard the words of Laban. So Jacob has done, uh, tricked and done everything to get the, the stuff from Laban. He's got all the wealth and everything else. And Laban, and he said, and he heard the words of Laban's son saying, uh, Jacob had taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. I wonder why. And the Lord said, and the Lord, uh, said unto Jacob, return into the land, of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with you. Now, Jacob now gives you, and this is us. This is us. Uh, I like reading my Bible. It's the greatest thing in the whole wide world. I think for men like Dr. Rutman, who sometimes I'll read his commentaries, and then all of a sudden I'll understand what he said. You think you would understand it years ago, uh, but you get it. Jacob now tells you what he thinks God just said. That's, that's what we're going to start reading right here. God clearly said what he said. And the Lord said unto Jacob, 
Return unto, thy, unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with you. And Jacob sent and called uh, Rachel and Leah uh, to the field unto his flock and said unto them, I see your father's countenance, true, uh, that it is not toward me as before, true, but the God of my fathers had been with me, true, and ye know that all, now he's telling, he's telling you his, his version of, of what God just said. And ye know that uh, with all my power, I have served your father. Uh, and you should. I said that last week. You should. You should. Whatever you do, you should do mightily as unto the Lord. You should do everything you do. But Jacob wasn't doing it unto the Lord. Uh, and your father, so that doesn't mean everybody always does. Uh, and your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled, and, uh, the speckled uh, shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled, and, and it is he, uh, and if he said thus, the ring straight shall be thy hire, uh, then bear all the cattle ring straight. Thus God had taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at, at, that time, uh, at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and I saw in a dream, and behold, the rams uh, which leaped upon the cattle were ring straight, speckled, and grizzled. And the angel of, of God spake unto me in a dream. Jacob's still talking now, his interpretation, saying, Jacob, and I said, here am I. And that's what it did happen. And he said, lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the Lord, uh, the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou, vow, uh, thou vowedst a vow unto me, or now rise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Now, all the way up to verse 13, that's Jacob's interpretation. 13 and 3 is exactly what God said. God said this, 3, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Father, again, bless this message this morning, this Sunday school lesson, and we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' name. Amen. So many times, brethren, we do what we want to do, and we, we, then we want to get God involved in what we're doing. Jacob had already cut, and I said that last time, he'd already cut, uh, uh, he'd unpeeled back the bark of those three different trees. And everything you read, uh, it's, it's almost like he did a herbal thing, and he messed up with the, the birth, he, he put birth defects in those troughs. I don't know what hickory and walnut, or hickory and, and uh, what was it, there was three, hickory, poplar, chestnut. chestnut. I don't know what the three mixtures of that was. I don't know if you mix these two together and you throw it in there and the liquids get into that water and they drink that water, what it did. You're talking about a perfect group of, of sheep and cattle and he mixes something in there with those peeled pieces of thing. It's like herbal medicine. We, we do herbal medicine and we think it's perfectly normal. Jacob does the same thing here and people think it's witchcraft. It's not witchcraft. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he learned that somewhere. And I guess if somebody wanted to, they could probably take that kind of stuff and do it the way he did it. Now, I don't know whether it was like new branches every single time he peeled it, and it was leaking and did this and did that. Whatever it was, he does it, and then he tries to get God involved saying, look what God did. God never told him to do that. That's what he did. So many times in our lives, brother, we're just like Jacob. We're no different than him. We'll sit there and think our way through a process, and then we'll try to get God in that process. You know what's wrong with all your contemporary churches? They're thinking about how to get people in church. I'm not trying to keep you in church today. I told you all a long time ago, man, I've been trying to run you all off for 15, 16, 17 years. 
the moment I run you guys off, I can go back laying on the couch. That's exactly what I can do. That's what I told the Lord 17 years ago. And you know what he's done? He, he now, he's got you guys against me. That's what he's done. I thought I was done in that room back there, and one of y'all in here bought that church back here to keep me busy and then told me you did it. Now you say, why would you do that? Because, because you know what? That's the Lord. And, and if the more you can keep busy, you keep out of trouble. But if you do exactly what he says do. Now I'm going to read some things here. I get excited. So I, I just think the word of God is great, man. <laughs> it, has, it has got me and sustained me for 43 years. I like stories like Jacob because I'm a mess. I've been a mess for 65 years of my life. I've been a mess. And God's still there. You know what he's telling me here? Hey, you can be a mess, but if you got the right desire, I'll stay with you. And sometimes I'll back away, and I'll let you get your head beat up against the wall for a while. And you'll do your little Jacob things, and you'll do your little ways. Brother, if, if young people, you guys could get a hold of this, if you watch my life, you could say, well, you mess up here, you mess up here, you mess up here. And yeah, you're right. And here I'm 65, you can say that about yesterday. You mess up here, you mess up here, you mess up here. Uh, yeah, you're right. I got you, man. I, but, but you can't look at my life. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you. And if you can get that thing at a young age and, and base your life upon that thing as a young person all the way to the end of this thing, it's hard telling where you could be with God. What we have to do is we have to beat our head against the wall and learn, and the Lord lets us go for 20 years like he just did Jacob. You know what Jacob did? God told him what to do, and his mommy told him what to do, and he listened to his mommy. Now, Jacob's an old man here at this point. He's not a little baby anymore. Now, if you're 10, 12, 13 years old, I got it, man. Listen to your mom and dad. But there comes a point out there somewhere where you've got to be a man and a woman and stand up on your own two feet. You've got to do it. It has to be done. Our society today is, is, is riddled, riddled with men who don't know. Riddled with, I think they're men. They play games. Now, if you play games, don't get mad at me. I don't care if you play a game or not. If you work all day long and you do everything, you take care of your family, you meet all the requirements you're supposed to do, and you, you pray and you, you read your Bible and all this other stuff, and you sit down and play, uh, what is that one, Mario. I mean, shoot them up, kill them 47 times. And you want to do that, that's fine. But there's people, that's all they do, all men, they think that's what mankind is. And that's not what mankind is. You know what mankind is? Get up and smash your fingers and put a roof on a house and, and do something. Go out and cut the grass. Put a gutter up. Fix this. Fix that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Then your wife has to do it or have pay somebody to do it. And she don't look at you as the man anymore because you're not doing what a man's supposed to do. Well, what happened? You never learned what to do. I got Jacob. Jacob's out in the field for 20 years raising sheep, conniving and stinking, doing everything he possibly do wrong to steal everything Laban has. And then he tries to give God the credit. Don't do something your way and then try to give God the credit and give him a bad name. Don't do it that way. Uh, if you want to do it, here's how you do it. You wait on the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. You wait for him to tell you exactly what to do. I was talking to a young man yesterday. And he was telling me, he goes, he goes I, I just, I just, I'm so confused sometimes because I don't know really what to do. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are you saved? He goes, yes. I said, how did you know you to get saved? He goes, the Lord told me I need to be saved. The Holy Spirit, I, was, I knew I was lost. I said, so you knew that you needed to get saved? He goes, yes. I said, so do you know you're saved? He goes, yes, I know I'm saved. And I said, have you, has the Lord ever told you anything else? He said, yeah, he told me to do this. I said, did you do it? He goes, yes. I said, has he told you to do anything else? He goes, no. I said, then you sit still and shut up. 
I said, if he told you these other things and you clearly understood those other things, don't you think you would understand the next time he tells you to do something? I said, have you ever thought that maybe he just wants you to sit here and be quiet and watch? You know, observing sometimes is the best way. Just watch somebody else. Let them smash their finger. And then just don't do what they did. That's all you got to do. And Jacob sent and called Rachel down in verse 3, and he calls him to the flock, and he brings him out there. Verse 6, and ye know that with all my power, and I mentioned that last time, and that's true, he did. So let's go down to verse, I think I'm in verse 10. Jacob, Jacob is now getting ready to head out of Dodge. He's going to leave. Uh, verse 10, he goes on, and he realizes that I got I to make a decision, and I got to go. And he's talking about trying to give God the credit, and it came to pass. He goes, uh, and it came to pass, verse 10, at that time that the cattle conceived. Jacob had already thrown the rods in the, in the troughs. Jacob has already done his thing, causing that to happen. And I think it was just an herbal thing. I, I really do. I think, I think the, the, the blend of, of chestnut and, and whatever, poplar and, and hick, whatever it was, the three different branches, whatever, he could put it in and he could get it to do this. And all you need is a little bit to change. And I'm, I went through a bunch of things. Ladies, when they have babies, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't do this. Any of those things can change birth, a birth of a child. And most moms will get away from all that stuff. And they'll watch everything they do so they don't. Jacob is just doing that here to a, a, a bunch of purebred animals. And he's changing the birth just a little bit. He's, 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 he's putting birth defects into them, something into them that's causing a problem. Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord spake unto me in a dream, Jacob. And, he goes, and Jacob's still talking. He's telling them what, what God has done for him. And Jacob uh, said, Jacob. And I said, here am I. And he said, lift up thou thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled, and, and grizzled. He's trying to justify what he did. But the last part of that says, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. And God does see. Don't ever think he doesn't watch. He, he watches. Uh, Jacob's been out of the land for 20 years up to this point. He's been gone 20 years. It cost him 20 years of his life. Uh, I'd hate to pay 20 years of my life. I've never had to spend 20 years of my life uh, on the backside of something. Uh, fortunately, the Lord is always kind of, and I get, get the knocks and, and hits in the head and everything else, and, but it's been on this side over here, and it's kind of been in and out like this. I think the best book I've ever read, I keep telling you all that over and over again, I'll never, it's, it's Pilgrim's Progress. Outside my Bible is Pilgrim's Progress. That book, that book set a pattern for me for the rest of my life that at 22 years old when I read that thing, I knew what my life was. In a nutshell, I'm going to die and go to heaven. That's it. If you think it's anything else, you are sadly deceived. Okay, in the process of getting from point A to point Z, there's a lot of things to get occurred. And you could live 90 years. You could live 91 years. You could, my mom's 92 years old. Miserable she could be, but she's 90, she'll be 91 this year. Uh, and, and I'm 65. You could live to 70, 80 years old, but you may not. You may live 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Who knows what the time is? But your destination is heaven. If you're in this room today and you're saved, your destination is heaven. If you're in this room today and you're lost, your destination is hell. Now, that, that can be changed easily, easily, uh, by trusting on Jesus Christ. But once you get on that path, your destination is heaven. And if everything you do is in light of that right there, You'll make some decisions in life based on that, and you'll, you'll elude or you'll stay away from a lot of things you shouldn't be into. 
Uh, I thank God, man. He got me. I got saved when I went to the Navy, and there's all kinds of stuff I stayed out of. Jacob is sitting here. He's not like what we have. His Old Testament salvation is not the same as New Testament salvation. He's under grace. God's watching everything that's happening to him, and God has his eye on Jacob. And Jacob pays back everything he, he cheated, he lied, he did everything he's supposed to do wrong. He did, and he paid back for that stuff. Jacob, Jacob uh, has been in the land for 20 years, and God had his eye right on him. God has recorded everything that was done to Jacob by Laban. And the Lord allowed, allowed Jacob to do some things, and he didn't come down with lightning bolts and stop him. So all this stuff that happened, you know, a lot of times we'll do stuff that God allows. Is it his perfect will? No. It, first of all, I don't think it was his perfect will to go to where Laban was and sojourn there and stay 20 years. But Laban did. Or Jacob did. Why? Because he, he got greedy, man. I want something. I want every time he wanted something, it cost him seven more years. And pretty soon, man, he was thinking, well, if I just do this and just do this, I'll get this. Brother, it never works. You can do whatever you want to do, but it says that riches fly away. They make wings and just fly away. You think that if I just do this and do this and do this and do this, I'll get this. You may or may not. You could be wasting a lot of time. I found out, I, I used to complain all the time about the Lord. I said, Lord, you give everybody everything. I hate these guys come up. Well, God just gave me a church. I said, you made us work for everything. God just gave me this and gave me that. And I'm like, I, I want to puke on them. Now, you, you may say, well, that's not very spiritual. I know it's not, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, why are you making me work? Because you'll care about it. People say, why do you act the way you do around here? Because I care about it. I didn't put my life's blood in it. My wife put her life's blood in it. You put your life's blood in it for, to let somebody come in and destroy the thing. And these other people, they come right in, just like that other guy I met the other day. He come into a church, and it was the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. Beth handed this lady, the secretary down this church, a track, a chick track, and she looks at that thing. I, I thought her jaw was going to fall off. And she looks at this thing, and she goes, I got saved out of one of those. And the pastor is sitting in the next room. I don't talk to him for about 10, 15 minutes, and, and he's, ah, he's just a waste. Uh, he wants to change the church into a contemporary church with guitars and all that other stuff. And I'm like, you're a sicko, man. I don't mind guitars in the church. But the main church service needs a piano and an organ. Definitely a piano. Uh, you, the organ's an add-in, but definitely a piano. And if you ever let me get up here and I bring a rock band in here on Sunday morning to take the place that kick me out. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, it's, it's wrong. But see, what we do is, but the guys, we're nice. They're nice. He seemed like a nice guy. He's sitting over here. I go over to get Beth to leave because they already said they gave the uh, changing table away to somebody else. Didn't want it anyways, but that's okay. Uh, you say, well, you're not in the nursery. Why would you care? I just didn't like it. So I'm a woodworker. I just didn't like it. It's a nice piece of furniture. I just didn't like it. So anyways, uh, we're over talking to her, and her and Beth are just sitting there talking back and forth, having a great time. And I walk by that guy's office, and he's sitting there going, rrr, rrr. he heard the whole conversation. He probably hadn't witnessed to nobody in so long as pathetic. And he hadn't handed out a gospel tract to nobody in so long as pathetic. And he didn't even know what a gospel tract probably was. All he's thinking about is changing the church into some contemporary thing and getting a lot of people in there. Brother, I, I had another brother call me the other day. He said he's getting ready, he's thinking about taking the church, and he's talking about music. I said, why in the world would you talk about music trying to take a church? He goes, well, they listen to canned music. Well, you know I hate canned music. And if you, you want to have a CD, I'll tell you what, if you want to use a CD and you want to bring it up here, I will tolerate your CD. And I will not get a blessing out of it, but somebody else may. <laughs> but I will not. And I will tell you that. I've always been honest with that way. 
But I won't stop you from using your cameo. As a matter of fact, you can give it to him back there. He'll stick it in the CD player. We got a CD player back there still. Maybe. If not, we'll get you one. We'll get you one and put it in. I'll spend the time to get it in there and sit there with a frown on my face while you're doing it. Because I'm not trying to get nobody into church. The Lord needs to get you into church. He needs to change your heart. What happens if I die tomorrow, man? You know what? Brother, when I read my Bible, you know what I'm reading? I'm reading this story about a man's life who screwed up a bunch of times, and it's going to take him a lot of time. And when he's 147 years old, he's going to stand in front of Pharaoh and says his whole life was messed up. I don't want to stand in front of God when I get to the judgment seat of Christ and say, my whole life was messed up. I want to get there, man, and, and at least have something. I, and I don't even care if I have something for me. I want to have something for him. Man, I mean, I, I keep telling you about that pound. I can't get that thing out of my mind. He, he gave me a pound 43 years ago. What have you done with yours? You have to do something with it. it is, the moment you get saved, you, didn't, you got regenerated, you got sanctified, you got that, and you got a pound. <laughs> that was, it wasn't in that list, but that's what he put in your hand. You got something that the rest of this world hasn't got. And then he expects you to do something with that thing. And everybody will do something different with it. I mean, get some interest on the thing anyway. He said you should have got some interest anyways. Anyway, <laughs> just a little bit, something. I mean, I, I, that's all I care about because you know why? I'm going to tell you why. If you don't have something that he gave you, if you ain't increasing that, you don't care one thing about him. He means absolutely nothing to us. Why would he give me something and I look at it and say, oh, it's like give me a present and there it is. We were cleaning that place over yesterday. And as we was cleaning the house up, I, I seen this box laying on the floor. It still had a wrapper around it. Looked like a Christmas present. Maybe one of the ends a little bit tore off. And uh, when we later on, I was out in the dumpster and looked at the back of the dumpster. And there it was at the bottom of this dumpster. And I'm like, I said, man, what is that? Could have been something really cool, you know. Somebody threw it away. I said, it's still wrapped up. Hey, let's unwrap it. Mike said, oh, it's an old thing. So they pull it out, and they open it up. And sure enough, take the ribbons off, take the bows off, and all this other stuff off, and open it up. And it's a brand-new toy that somebody got that didn't care one thing about it. Threw it off the side. Never even took the wrapper completely off. That's like that pound in our lives a lot of times. He gives us this thing right here. First of all, he gives us a brand-new wrapper around it. And then he gives you that thing, and you look at it and see. I care about sheep and getting rich more than I care about that. I don't care about getting rich. You can get rich too, man. But you should be doing something with that too. Jacob, Jacob is sitting here. God has recorded. I'm going to get back to this. God has recorded everything that was done to Jacob by Laban and has returned to Laban exactly what he thought he was doing to Jacob. The Lord did allow all that. I don't believe you can do anything that God doesn't know what's going on. And, and he can tell you if the desire is right. I think overall Jacob had the right desire because God's going to use him. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He's the same as he was before the foundations of the world as he will be out here. Out here, the depiction of him is the flame of fire coming out of the eyes and, and the sword out of the mouth and, and brazen foot, the feet that burned in the fire. And you go over in Revelation. But he hasn't changed. His, his, his thoughts are the same. He's, he's showing you along the way uh, his, his, the way he got here, but the same way he thinks back here, he thinks back here. So here's Jacob, Deuteronomy eleven sixteen. 16. That's in the future of Jacob's life, but here it is. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. You know what Jacob's problem was? He let his heart get deceived. That same thing Eve did. Luke 21, 8, New Testament. And, and the Lord says, take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come. 
So Jacob, you're not supposed to be deceived. Then you're supposed to figure out how not to be deceived. So you, you learn about God so you don't. That's what Jesus says right here. He said, take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. How in the world could you possibly mess up if you got a Bible? If you got a Bible and the Holy Spirit, how could you possibly mess up? It's a gradual thing. I think you ought to learn your Bible study to show that self-approved unto God, a workman that needed not be shamed. You should study that thing. You should at least read it so you know that ah, maybe I shouldn't do that. You at least, when you do something wrong, you should know you did something wrong. Galatians 6, 7 says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Jacob, for whatsoever man soweth. I know people say, oh, that's a, that's a tithing verse. It is. I got it. The context there is, but I'm telling you what, you sow something, chances are you're going to reap that thing back. And I don't like reaping what I sow. I like Dr. Romney always used to say, and he'd say the sailor things, and I could relate to those. He said, you load your ships with sin, and you send them out to sea, and then another one's there, and you load it, and you send it out to sea. Another one's there, and you load it, and you send it out to sea, and another one comes in. He said, quit loading the ships. Just quit loading the ship. And then pray to God that he sinks some of them out there before they come back. And then you don't have to worry about it. But he said, you remember, every one of those you load is going to come back one day, and you've got to unload it. And I don't like unloading them. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's the best thing to do sometimes, just stop and do nothing. Verse 13, God kicks in. And he says, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar. He goes, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now rise, get thee out from this land, and return into the land of thy kindred. Jacob's been gone for 20 years. Doc said something in his commentary, which I thought was phenomenal, uh, when he talked about this passage right here. He said this is almost a direct re- reference to Jerusalem, Israel, from, from the time of Christ up to where we're at right now. Uh, they're in the land, they're out of the land, they're in the Gentiles, 1948. They were dispersed across the planet. Uh, and he goes, now he's calling Jacob back into the land he's supposed to be. And then, then you're going to get into Daniel and Exodus where you start getting into the tribulation side of that thing, where you get into the mess, and it gets a real mess, and he gets, gets under total control. But he's, I'm sitting there looking and I said, man, I said, the insight that man had when it come to that book, was unbelievable. And a few words, you know, you read that thing, and 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 you think you got something, and all of a sudden you read it, and you go, whoa, Lord, I didn't quite see it that way. He goes, boy, aren't you glad I sent a man like Dr. Ruckman around to show you something a long time ago? And then I left some books around. Boy, I'm sure glad there's people who can write books. Man, I, I can't write a letter. <laughs> I can't even hardly write the alphabet out let alone anything else. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I'm sure glad you put these men out there and, and, and their wives that, that tolerated their husbands doing the stuff that they did uh, to get along the line so they could help people down the road. You know, most of the things you do will be for somebody out in front of you. It won't necessarily be for you. And it won't be for those around you. Some, we, can, we get blessings out of stuff here, but the stuff we do is for the future. I may never see a building on the front of this church, but I'm going to tell you the land's going to be in the place for it. I may not ever see a building on the front of this church, but hopefully the money or some of the money will be there for it when it gets ready to happen, and we'll, it won't cost the church an arm and a leg, and the next person who takes it over won't have the same problems I did. If you only do stuff for yourself, you're missing the blessing of God. The Lord did something from the foundation of the world to get out to eternity, and he did it for everybody down through there that wanted it. People that go to hell go to hell because they want to. 
or they, they don't want to do what God said do. I, I just, I like doing what he said do. You know, all you got to do, you got to learn how to change your attitude toward his. Well, I don't, he told me I can't. Well, then don't do it. Have you ever thought that maybe God's like always right? Maybe, just maybe. <laughs> He's just like mostly, not mostly kind of. No, no, he is like always right. So the first thing you ought to do is say, okay, he's always right and I'm always wrong, unless I agree with him. And then start going down through life like that and start judging everything that you do according to would the Lord do this or not. Then get to the place where you say, why would I even care whether the Lord would do it or not? It's not right. You know, Jacob, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, God remembers everything. You say you're in Genesis. I could say in Genesis forever. It's great. Romans is pretty cool, too. <laughs> Galatians is all right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's good, too. Malachi is not bad. I like Jeremiah and Ezekiel. I tell you what, the book is just crazy. It is just the craziest book you've ever seen in your life. Genesis 28, 18. Go back there real quick. I better get there, too, to make sure that I've got the right passage. <laughs> I've had scribal errors sometimes where I start talking about a verse and it's not there. And Jacob rose early. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone. This is the, this is the vow he made that he had for a pillar and set it, uh, uh, set it up, or for, he had for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it and called the, the name of that place Bethel. But the, the name of the city was called Luz at the first. Uh, God remembers, remembers in detail. He remembers every single thing you said. Jacob started along the path here when he left. Now, God, God wasn't his God. He said, the God of my fathers. Well, you know what most of us has to do? You have to learn that he is your God, not just the God of your fathers. Uh, the, the God, the Lord Jesus Christ I serve now is my Lord. He's not my mom or my dad's or anybody. No, he's my Lord. He's my Lord. He's my Lord and Savior. Uh, and a lot of times you get to that way and you say, well, you know, you, you see people and they have to mass together. Uh, every time I go to try to do that, it doesn't seem to work. My personality just don't go that way for some reason. And the Lord says, well, why would you want it that way anyways? What's wrong with me? I'm like, Lord, really, honestly, hey, I'd rather be hanging out with you than anybody else. But the flesh side of you feel like you got to be, you got to be accepted by, by other people. And really in the long, I need to be accepted by him. Not anybody else. Guess what? If I'm accepted by him, those other people will accept me if they accept him. I just got to be accepted by him. That's all. You know, Jacob, he never got to that yet. He's going to get there. God remembers everything that we say and the detail of what we say. You better watch what you say. You better be very careful about what you say. You say, well, you've said, yeah, and I've messed up a lot too. You know what my job is? Is warn you not to do it. If God will be with me, that's what he says before he goes on his 20-year trek. If God will be with me, apparently he doesn't know that he is or not, and will keep me in the way that I go, and will give me bread to eat. Am I on the right page here? That's six, seven. And raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. That's a child. That's somebody who does not know who God is. You got to give me, 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 then I'll take you. Brother, somebody who knows the Lord, they don't need nothing from him. He's already gave you everything that you possibly couldn't have won. I got eternity. 
All my treasures are laid over on the other side. I mean, if, if I even have anything, my treasure is him. It isn't anything he could possibly give me. I mean, I, I don't know even... I don't want to degrade anything that he's going to do because I know if he gives me something on the other side over there, it's precious to him. But to me, he's the one that's precious. I don't, I'm not trying to get anything over there for me. So I go over and say, look what I got. No, I, I just want to go see him. Have you ever met him? I'm telling you what, he's, he does some of the strangest things in the world. <laughs> and he keeps doing them, man. And he doesn't do it because you're perfect or you're holy or anything. He does it because you just love him. <laughs> And he looks down and says, man, what a mess you are. You got any kids that ever messed up? And you forgave them? First you want to kill them, choke them, beat them up, run over them with a the car a couple times, like a cat. <laughs> but as I was in that house, there was a cat up there. If you're a cat lover, you're going to close your ears like right now. Because this cat's running around the house pooping all over the place. And if there's one thing I hate is an animal in the house that is un unruly. And uh, I find this pole, it's about eight feet long, 10 feet long. And I'm beating this cat all over the place with this pole. <laughs> I'm picking it up, throwing it over there, and I ain't going to touch no cat has been in the house all by himself uh, or herself or whatever, man. And it flies against that wall, and it flies against that wall. And they'll probably send the, the people out here and lock me up after service this morning for cruelty to animals. But that animal is cruel to that house. And uh, so uh, finally he jumps in a box, or she jumps in a box, and I drag the box outside and dump it outside. And uh, it goes off. So I know I probably took away two or three or four of his lives uh, in the process. But you know what? That's some of us, you know, you, you take care of it. We, we are the same way, man. We just mess everything up. And when you get to really know the Lord and you start following after him a while and you start seeing him and then you all of a sudden realize what he did to get you into heaven before you even knew it. He, we love him because he first loved us. Before you ever even knew him, he had already done all of that stuff to give you the opportunity to get in. Now, that's love. That, that, that's love beyond measure. You can't even, there's no value, no, there's no price you can put on that. Not that, not that, not that. I mean, that was so selfless to, to himself because he didn't need it. That everything he did was for somebody else. He, he solved a problem, which is sin, and he did away with it for all eternity between him, himself, and... Now, that's a strange one, too. The Father, Son, Holy Ghost, were three or one, but I got to offer me to me so that I can make sure that I don't get mad at me for the... I mean, you, forget it. You just you have to get to heaven and figure that one out. Or maybe if you've already figured it out, come and tell me how to figure that thing out because I can't seem to grab myself around me, looking at me, forgiving me for me, doing what I... I'm like, I don't see that. But it, it's just, it's beyond me. And he did all that, and then he opens the door, and then he sends a bunch of people to write a book so I can hold it in my hand, and I can find him. God, once you start saying what you say, I don't care if you are a child. Verse 22, he says, this, oh, back over in 28, he says, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth. Now, I'm not going to talk about tithing. But if you got an issue with tithing, you're still a baby. You're still a child. <sighs> he just called me. Yeah, you're a baby. I don't know what else to say to you. Uh, if you think your money is yours and you got it because you are so special and all this other stuff, wait till God takes it away and see if you feel the same way. 
Well, I lost it the same way. I t- when they told me the other day, I was listening to the radio on the way driving somewhere, and they said that in January and February, I mentioned this Wednesday night, but I'll say it today again. In January and February, they made more money on betting sports than they did on the lottery the last 12 months. In two months, people have, in, have spent more money betting on sports. And I, I just hope none of you guys are doing that. If, if you do, I hope your team lost. But they're talking, and a Catholic said that. A Catholic said that. They were talking about, the context was, the, they were saying that, you know, they want to feed the poor and they want to do this, want to do this. But look at the amount of money that people, that everybody says, oh, there is no money. There is no, I don't have any money. I, I just really don't have any money because I, but you got the money for everything else. Yeah. I, I tell you what, you got the money for what you want. In America, you definitely got the money for what you want. But when it comes to the Lord, that, I, I'm not even care about your money. You don't even have to take it back. Come and tell me how much you put in. Well, I'll talk to him. We'll try to give it back to you. I'm telling you, if you're, if, you're, if you're considering the money aspect of it, then you're missing God. He built the universe. So everything that you could possibly have is his anyways. Oh, man. Jacob hadn't got that yet. <laughs> Jacob, now, here's Jacob. Jacob came to Laban 20 years earlier with nothing. When I came to the Lord, guess what? I had nothing. He goes, Jacob now has four wives. I don't want three more, thank you. I got one, one's enough. But he's got four wives, 11 sons. Uh, he's got all of Laban's wealth. Uh, he got it over a period of 20 years. He's a conniver, man. He's, he's a good businessman, I guess. You know, Jude, you got to mess with him. I'll, I'll, I'll bless them, bless thee, curse them, the curse thee. So if he's taken from you, you might as well just give it to him, man. The best thing you meet a good Jew, just give him everything you got. You're better off that way. Uh, <laughs> I had a Jew, Jew uh, that newspaper was going to write a bad article about me because they said I was a, um, oh, what do they call me, man? They call me a, I hate, a Jew hater. A who? Anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, I was anti-Semitic. And he calls me, and I wasn't going to call him back. And I said, ah, I'll call him back. I just have something to do. I need somebody to talk to today anyways. So I call him back, and this young guy, and he's, you're anti-Semitic. I said, I am not anti-Semitic. He said, you said that the Jews all hate you. I said, y'all do. He goes, we do. I said, wait a minute. I said, 2,000, yeah, and then I just started preaching at him. I said, you know, 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus Christ, a Jew, and he was born a Jew, and he lived in Israel, a Jew, and I said, and all the Jew Pharisees and scribes hung him up on a cross and killed him. You know about that guy? He goes, yeah. I said, you hated him, and you hate me because I like him. I said, I said, if you trust in Jesus Christ, he goes, that's none of your business. I said, okay, see, you hate me. What part of that is a lie? I said, son, you can do whatever you want. You can write whatever you want. I don't care. It says, doesn't bother me one bit. I said, but I'm telling you, you're being used to write this article. In an, I said, did you listen to that whole message? He goes, yes, I did. I said, so you heard that one part there. I said, did you hear the other part where I said, we need an America. United States needs to give our entire military to the Jewish country and let them wipe out the Arabs? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I heard that. I said, and that's anti-Semitic? And he goes, well, and so he writes the article. And in the article, I never even read the article. I, only got, I ain't got time, man. I, I have a hard time reading my Bible. If you think I'm going to read something like that, you can hang it up. Uh, if, I don't even, well, I'm going to stop there. But, but everybody comes up and says, Mike, that article is the craziest article I've ever seen. He, he starts off trying to say you're anti-Semitic, and at the end of the thing, he says, you go so far overboard on the other side to cover up your anti-Semiticism that you hate how much you, I'm like, and everybody that read it said, that is the stupidest article. I mean, it's like he's talking out both sides of his face. You, you can't hate a Jew, man. You, you might, I'm just saying, give it up to him. 
He has four wives, 11 sons. Everything Laban has, he has. It's typical. That's what's going to happen. Jacob becomes a mighty man in the land. And the Lord tells him to go back. The hardest thing you're ever going to do is you get tied into something and to let that thing go. Jacob, I got a hand in here. He let it go. He let it go. Uh, and he let it go because he was getting ready to get killed. So there were some other things. And Jacob's a smart guy, man. I mean, he's, he's not one of these guys who's one of these, oh, yes, I'm going to listen to God and the Holy Spirit's leading me. No, no, he's, his flesh is leading him all over the place. Uh, but the, he does do what, what the Lord says do. But sometimes the Lord has to put things in our lives to get you to move this way or that way. Because we get so set, and, and Jacob's no different than the rest of us. We get set in our ways, and we think that we know what's good for us, and you really don't. There's no way. It's not within your heart. You can't do it. You can't figure it out. Uh, Jacob, the, the danger of, uh, he talks to his wives, and he says, the danger in our lives, and I told you this, is staying where we, we are not supposed to stay or leaving where we're supposed to be. The best thing you could do is wait on God to tell you exactly what to do. That comes with prayer. Now, I've got those prayer, but I still got three of them left. And if y'all, whoever comes and gets me, I, those Ian Bounds books, I got the complete works. I got three of them left. I'll give you one if you promise to read the thing. And then apply that thing to your life and put me on the prayer list somewhere there you're praying. Brother, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. How are you supposed to know what God said do if you never ask him what to do? And if you're asking him what to do, and he loves you and wants to tell you what he wants to tell you, don't you think he'll tell you? So if he don't tell you, just sit right where you're at. If you knew that you got saved, I knew 1980 I got saved on the back porch. I know I got saved. I know he told me to go in the Navy. I know he did it. When I got out of the Navy, three months later, I'm praying. He goes, hey, did I tell you to get out of the Navy? No. Why'd you get out of the Navy? Well, because they're all wicked. Well, you know everybody's wicked everywhere? I'm telling you, everybody, there's no place you can go. Find me someplace you can go that isn't wicked. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I thought I was. Yeah, you thought, you thought, you thought, but I didn't tell you. This is a learning moment for you, Mike. I said, yes, sir. And he goes, I said, you're going to make me go back to the Navy, aren't you? Now I get a big old smile on my face about that. Because <laughs> I knew I was out of God's will. And he goes, yes. And that was it. You know what I did the first thing the next morning? I'm on the phone with a recruiter. I'm like, hey, I need to get back in the Navy. I, I would go back in the Navy as a toilet cleaner. I didn't care. I just want to get back where God wants me. I did not think they would even let me be an ET anymore. Now, bro, I'm telling you, I was a good ET. I was probably one of the best ones in the fleet. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, that's not bragging. That's fact. I can, I can produce men that will tell you that. However, comma, at that moment, I thought, man, they won't even let me be an ET anymore. <laughs> I'm so messed up. You ought to always keep that attitude about yourself that you're not worth squat, squat man, to anybody. They made me take the ASVABs again. I said, oh, Lord, I just barely passed them the last time. I won't even pass this test. That I need. And this test determines what I'm going to be this. I was an ET anyways. They were going to take me back in as an ET, but I'm sitting here scared to death. And I take the ASVAB and, and, and score 30 points higher than I did the first time. I mean, I got a 97 on that sucker. And uh, the lady told me, you still hate admin, so don't stay away from books. And this is where the Lord got me. But you know what all that stuff is? I, I mean, as soon as I got out of where the God was, it didn't, it, he told me to do it. I just jumped at it. Jacob is getting ready to do the same thing. He's, he's going right back. The Lord had to put some pain in his life and everything else, and he goes back. Jacob has been out of the will of God for 20 years uh, because he listened to his mother tell him what to do. She said, trust me. 
Now, brethren, I'm telling you, Jacob is an older guy here. He's not a young kid. Young kids, I'm going to tell you, you need to listen to your mom and dad and, and somebody older than you. But when you get to a certain place, uh, like 25, 27, maybe 30, somewhere in there, you should, oh, what should I do? Uh, they, by the way, you've got to account for your own self before God one day. She told him to lie to his father. She told him to steal the blessing from her brother. This is her mommy. Leave the land of your brethren. And then she goes to her husband and says, oh, if, if Jacob marries one of the girls of the land, I'm going to feel so bad. Can you send him to Heron for a couple days to get a wife? 20 years later. She never sees her son again, by the way. That's a sad thing. That is a real, real sad thing. I better shut up right there. And Rebecca said to Isaac, I am weary. <laughs> You've lied about everything, man. Husbands, watch your wives. Wives, watch your husbands. I mean, without the Lord, anything's possible. <laughs> it's a great book, man. Now, now, if you took this thing negative, you know what I'm going to tell you to do today by looking at this? I need to take some lessons from Jacob. And I need to make sure, first of all, the Lord tells me exactly what to do. And I need to do what he exactly tells me to do. And then let him show me how to do what he just asked me to do. I mentioned that Wednesday night. He told Noah to build an ark. And he came back 100 years later expecting to see an ark. But he had the gopher trees already there. Noah did not grow those gopher trees. God did. And he had the pitch and everything else all lined up for Noah to build that ark. As a matter of fact, he had the animals ready to come to the ark that Noah built. And he was going to bring the water to make the ark float on the water that God had provided. You know what he's looking for a man to do is do what he told him to do, and I can walk away, and I can trust you. You know what? Only eight people got on that ark, and if it wasn't for Noah, nobody would have got on that ark. So when you get over to the book of Ezekiel, he says, though Noah, Daniel, or Job were here, that's why he brought those three men out. Because I could tell any one of those three what to do and walk away and come back, and they would have done it. Would you? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for Sunday school lesson. Help us to learn the lessons of Jesus.